Welcome to The Mindful Apprentice, brought to you by Swindon and Wiltshire Institute of Technology. In this podcast series, we want to share stories and information to help everyone make the apprenticeship a success, whether you're an employer or the apprentice. We've interviewed a wide range of apprentices, employers, specialists, charities and clinicians to make this series. Wherever you're listening, we hope you'll find it helpful. Hello, I'm Dominic Arkwright. In this programme, an employer's view of apprenticeships. We've spoken to Dan Jenkins, who's head of Group Colleague Development at Timpson, which has a simple and effective way of creating a happy and productive workforce. We want to make sure that our colleagues feel empowered. So we put an awful lot of trust in our colleagues. Our focus is much more on supporting our colleagues than it is telling them what to do. And the way we do that is make it really simple. We've only got two rules, really, and that is look the part um, and put the money in the till, or as I like to call it, honesty. So we want to keep it as simple as possible so colleagues know that they're supported. Uh, and I think, really, that's the basis of our whole business, of, of upside-down management, which is our, our management ethos, is that the most important person in, in the business are the people running our branches or on the front line of our business and everyone else is there to support them and we trust those people an awful lot to do a great job that, that's, it's, it's as simple as that as we've grown you know we're a group now of 14 or 15 different businesses most of them multi-service um, but as we acquire businesses the first thing we do is install the culture because actually it fixes every business we've bought by just installing a culture of trust um, allowing colleagues to do what they want, really having very little rules and making sure colleagues realise that they can be really kind and that they're going to be supported as well. And as soon as we did that, it's like the big bang moment for our business. As soon as we started treating colleagues like that, the expansion of our business went rapidly. So the ethos at Timpson is based on empowerment and trust. Colleagues have a lot of autonomy and can make key decisions at shop floor level, even offering services for free if they feel customers are in need. At the root of it all is the idea that customer service is king and management backs decisions taken on the ground. So when Rosie Runciman interviewed Dan Jenkins, she asked him what new colleagues at Timpson can expect when they join. My job specifically is making sure the message is very clear when it comes to trading and our expectations. So, so from day one, someone coming out of the education system, the care system, prison, we take the same approach. And that is, on day one, they will have an induction. In fact, even earlier than that, our interview process is, is really just to identify that the right person for us, that they've got a bubbly, friendly approach. We don't look at CVs to a certain extent. We're, we're not bothered about someone's educational level. It's great if they've got an educational level, but we're not hugely bothered. We'll usually, at the point of interview, give them some basic expectations that they you know, they need to be smart when they come to work. We'll provide them with a uniform, and if we can get that to them before they start, even better. And that's our objective, is to get things like their uniform and their badge, which needs to have a tagline on it, something interesting, um, which allows them to have a conversation point to a customer. We'll try and make sure that that's there for them before they arrive. So they can, on day one, feel that like they fit in, they've got the uniform on, etc. Uh, but at the very least, on day one, they'll have an induction from a, a field team member. And on that day, they'll be provided with something. I've got one literally sitting right in front of me called a new starter manual. Nearly the first half of this manual is all about culture. It's all about 
what our expectations are. It tells you a little bit about the history of the business because that's important because that allows you to see that you're you're part of this rich family history and we are a family owned business and therefore, you know, if they do want to choose to have a career with us, the family's been in this business for 150 years and they, their investment is to be in it long term. So that gives them some security. And then we move on to being really concise about what our culture is and what our expectations of colleagues are. We make sure that they're aware that What's very important to us is looking the part, that standards in our branches are really good, that their personal standards are really good. So when it comes to how how they appear, we want them to be them. We, we actually, in fact, we want their personalities to shine out of them, but we want them to have good personal standards, so to look the part, look smart, and look prepared for work as well. Because we've got to remember that we're a service business and people are bringing in their precious things to us and we want them to feel that they can trust us with that. Um, and the other part is, is is trust. So trust, that number two rule for us is trust. So making sure that they understand that they can talk to us at any point. But also, we, we will be upfront with them if we have any issues. And then we would usually cover all of our expectations, you know, under that, you know, what happens if you're not going to be very well? What happens if you might be late one day? What happens uh, if something goes wrong in the store? If you encounter anything? But the answer to all of those things is talk to us really, um, tell us. There might be an expectation, if you're not very well, to give us a ring by a certain amount of time in the morning, but it's all down to communication. So we make sure that colleagues really understand what it is we expect of them. Um, and they understand what's available to them as well, what help is available to them in the form of the support structure of the business, to so their, their direct field team, to the people in Timpson House, which is our head office, who are there to support them and say yes as much as possible if it was they were to ring them to help them if they have mental health issues and make them realize that if there is a problem talk about it that we even have an in-house counselor as well after they've had this induction the field team member will have something called a progress meeting with them every four weeks for at least the first 16 weeks and that's where they touch base with a colleague and my expectation of those progress meetings is that three things occur in those progress meetings one is that we find out what they've been doing. So have they achieved, where are they at in their learning? Two, and most importantly, is how they are. And I, I literally want that question asked or in one form or another, how are they? And that could be how are they personally and how they are in the business as well. Because what we want to do is identify problems early and help people early. I think in life and in business, we can often say, how are you? And someone will say, oh, I'm okay. And what I try to train our field team members to do is look past that because if they can look past that and just okay is is there's something going on there so finding out what these things are and we see this in the evidence in our progress meetings all the time we identify things that if they weren't talked about and often that's all it takes they weren't talked about early on that could lead someone either underperforming in the future or leaving the business because of something either happening in their life or maybe in the business. So those progress meetings are integral um, to how we monitor new starters within the business. We all tend to, especially initially when we meet, especially new people, we tend to tell people what they want to hear rather than what is actually going on. I mean, I think that's a human trait really. What we train our, our leadership team to do, so our field teams, um, is to really get to know and build up a rapport with our colleagues. So I was an area manager for over a decade in the Timpson Group and how I was judged is on 
how well I knew my people. So I might have had 60 colleagues on my area. And I'd make it my business to really understand them, to really speak to them, not just about work, but also, you know, ask that question. Try and know lots of facts about that that person because not only does that give you that personal touch when you're buying that person a gift because they're performing well, because you know what they're interested in, um, you know their birthday, you know their kids' names, you know, lots of interests that they have. I suppose a good way of saying this is you know when a family member is unhappy because you're tuned into them, right? You you know there's something not quite right with them. Area managers and area development managers, which are our field teams, our business, have a very hard job because not only do they, their job is to implement it and make sure the business operates well, but they're there to support colleagues and, and that means that sometimes their job means that they'll get a call in the evening with a colleague that wants to talk to them about something that's going on in their life or that they'll have to go and see a colleague and something will be happening in their life and we encourage our area managers to help um to to get stuck in to signpost people we know they're not experts and they know they're not experts but we want our our field teams to really know so i suppose the answer to that is that we encourage our field teams to get to know our colleagues and that creates this spirit of sharing and people do share and it, it makes a huge difference in managing people because you really understand what makes people tick and it directly correlates to the happiness of our colleagues as well. So Dan, if an apprentice is struggling with their well-being, they're feeling stressed and anxious, Mm -hmm. what sort of help can you offer them? If a colleague alerts us to something going on in their life, it can be as simple as an area manager understanding that something is happening in their life and being a little bit more flexible with that colleague. It can be as simple as that, whether it's timescales, that they need to achieve something, whether it's making their day off a certain day or understanding that they may have to go to appointments, etc. That can help. Or as simply as ringing up that colleague on a daily or weekly basis and checking in with them. That's the number one, the, the, the thing that we want our area managers to do to make sure they, they know the well-being of our colleagues. Um, and there's so many examples of where a colleague's stressed because they the car is broken down or their washing machine is broken down and our area teams have identified that issue because they've built up this rapport and that colleague feels they can talk to them and we've helped them with that we've either helped them in the way that an area manager has taken them shopping so they can get their weekly shop done or that we've actually supported them in buying a new car giving them a, a company loan or we've also got a hardship fund in our business to help that person out of those problems and then you've got Janet. Then you've got Janet Layton, who is our Director of Happiness. And her sole role is ensuring the happiness of our colleagues and the well-being of our colleagues. And she does that in a number of ways. One is that she is there generally to listen. And she's there to support field teams when it comes to if there's complex problems out in the field, how can she help people? She looks financially. And yes, sometimes it is we provide company loans. I've had one when I first started with the business. And that's to help a colleague out in a difficult situation or helping colleagues budget. We've got the hardship fund where we can buy a, co- a colleague a new washing machine. And, and actually, again, from a commercial side of point of view, this isn't at all wasting money. This is investing in our colleagues and helping them in a time of need because we all know that life isn't a straight line, it's up and down. And so her role is to make sure that 
those people financially are sound and that has a preventative measure because it means that you know hopefully it lowers theft in our business as well but also from a mental health point of view we have a course that we call mental health first aiders and we run these courses all year round and, and what we're doing is creating essentially an army of colleagues out there who are interested in helping that we teach basic skills to they are in no way counselors they're no way professionals but what they are good at is listening and signposting colleagues be there to listen to them and support them and uh, notice the early signs of mental health issues and, and get them to help either it's with an external charity that we work with or with our company counselor as well so janet's job is to monitor and help people across the business as well it's vital to our business and what about neurodiversity how do you cope with people who need very particular setups at work to make it successful for them again at grassroots on the ground our field teams will make these adjustments and have made these adjustments and actually some of them are amazing some of the ideas they create to help colleagues whether it's if colleagues are struggling to read or write the way we assess is done completely verbally in our business and that's always been the case for 20 years but we assess verbally so we we remove the need for reading and writing if, if, if that's the case we approach neurodiversity i think the same way as we approach everything in our business and that is to say one field teams can do what they want to support that colleague in any which way if that colleague feels they need more help they can put the hand up and ask and we'll find a way and two as a business we'll constantly look at ways centrally to help those colleagues it all goes back down to giving people freedom and flexibility to do what they need to do to help someone um, and to change the approach to training to that person's need. Neurodiversity has always been around, but people have been afraid to, to tell people that they think differently or they, you know, they struggle with certain aspects of things. So one thing we've always done is empower people to tell us. Tell us that you're struggling with something and we'll find a way to help you. One thing we've discovered, and, and this is a fact, so we can correlate this with our sales and our profits, is that we do something in our business called the Happy Index. And the Happy Index is a very simple scoring. So every colleague in the business once a year gets a sheet or a digital email sent to them where they have to rate how they feel supported out of 10. Or how is your happiness and you feel supported out of 10. And that is how we gauge the success of our field teams and our management. In our, in our business. And what's really interesting from that is one, it's a good way to you know see where we've got problems in the business. We've got a group of people unhappy here. Why is it? What can we do to fix it? How can we correct that? But more importantly, it directly correlates with the success of our business. So the happier the colleagues, the more the better sales we have and the more profit we make. It directly correlates with it. So you, there's a graph that we've created that directly correlates happiness with our sales and success. Um, so we know it works. It, it, it makes good commercial sense to focus on the happiness of our colleagues. That was Dan Jenkins, Group Head of Colleague Development at Timpson. And I hope we might hear more from him in another programme. But that's it for now. I'm Dominic Arkwright. Stay well. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Mindful Apprentice. We hope you found something in it which was helpful to you or perhaps a colleague or friend, whether you're a new starter or a seasoned professional. 
If you've been affected by anything you've heard in the podcast or want to find out more about organisations which can provide help and support, go to sawiot.ac.uk forward slash The Mindful Apprentice.